Good morning. It's a beautiful song. I remember as a very young Christian, one day I was out in the back and uh, pruning some rose bushes, as I'm sure most of us have, and probably every single one that can relate to what I'm can relate to what I'm saying. Somewhere along the line, I was a little careless, and a thorn punctured my um, thumb, and it was a jolting um, pain, a kind of a jolting, shocking pain. And the memory came of the crown of thorns. And I just thanked him for what he did, everything he did. And then the other week when we saw the movie The Passion and saw those thorns becoming embedded in his head. And this song so clearly shows this morning that that should have been my crown. That should have been your crown. But it became his crown because of his love for us. It is humbling. And it can't but put a spirit of thankfulness in our hearts for everything he did for us at Calvary, everything he endured for us at Calvary. Let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And as always, we, we bow before you and we just exclaim in one accord that we are a needy people and that we are a thankful people and that we are a blessed people for what you, Lord Jesus, have done for us and what you are doing and what you're going to continue to do and the blessed hope that we have that know you as our Lord and Savior that we will be with you for eternity, forever and ever And ever and ever, we will be with you because of what you did for us at Calvary. And we are so thankful for that. We just pray now as we open your word and as we look at your scriptures that you might bless us and challenge us and and if need be, convict us, enlighten us, touch the hearts if there's anyone here this morning that has not come to know you as their Lord and Savior, has not come to realize the depth of your love for them that took you to Calvary. We pray this morning for them that they would realize, but that they wouldn't just realize, but that they would accept your free gift of salvation. And for those of us who know you, we just pray that you would just speak to us this morning. May my... Words be your words, Lord. May my thoughts be your thoughts. And we just thank you now in your precious name. Amen. Would you turn with me this morning to the book of Joshua? The book of Joshua, chapter 24. 
verse 15. It's a very familiar verse of Scripture to many of us. And that uh, it is, if you're new, it is the sixth book in the Bible. It is the text I've chosen this morning to give to you that hopefully he gave to me. The book of Joshua, chapter 24, and verse 15. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his scripture this morning. My um, format this morning will be a little bit different than it has been in the past. The message I've simply titled, Choices and Their Consequences. And yes, I had this message before last Wednesday when we listened to Charles Stanley whose message was on choices. And he gave a marvelous message, and it was extremely encouraging, though we will be looking at it from a slightly different um, way this morning. I'm going to give the scriptures this morning that identify each situation we're going to talk about. Please don't bother to look them up, because we're going to move rather quickly We're going to look at different people in the Bible this morning who had choices, who chose to do one of two things. Each and every one of them either chose to obey God or they chose to disobey God. We will briefly look at the result and the consequence. I say briefly because... We're going to look at a lot of them. And again, we usually around here choose one of them. But I want to show this book is full of instruction to us and how to lead our life. And so we're going to look at it from a slightly different way. I will also briefly share many times to do with their choices where they eventually ended up. And we end up in only one of two places. Each and every person who lives their life on the face of this earth, once they die, they die a mortal death, but not a spiritual death. And they immediately go to one of two places. They go to heaven or they go to hell. And you say, well, I just don't buy into that. I just don't. I think there's nothing after death. You can think that all you want. But I assure you, the moment you pass out of this life into the next, you will realize, either with joy, as heaven is before you, 
or with untold immense regret for choosing not to believe. The first person is in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 24, and that person is Eve. God gave her some instructions. God gave Adam some instructions, actually, and he passed them on to her when she was created. The devil came in in the form of the serpent and contradicted God and told her she'd be okay. She chose to disobey. She chose to eat from the tree which they were told not to. The result and the consequences were rather severe for mankind. For because of that, sin nature came into the world. Every single person that is born is born with a sin nature. Every person is dead spiritually until they come to know Jesus Christ and they are alive. Now, before you get a little too hard on Eve for what she's done to the rest of us, I assure you, not one would have done differently because we and ourselves are no match for the devil. It's only in Christ that we can send them packing. But on our own, we're no match. He is an evil adversary. The next example is in Genesis 4 chapters, excuse me, verses 1 through 17, and it's Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel were given instructions on how to worship. Abel chose to obey God and did the worship according to God's instructions. And the result was that he was blessed and that he is in heaven. By the way, Eve is in heaven. Okay, she is there. She has been forgiven. Cain, on the other hand, chose to disobey, rebelled against God, became angry, and murdered his brother. The consequences are that from disobeying God, And he is in hell. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we get to heaven, he will not be there. Genesis chapter 6 through 9 is about Noah. No one was given some instructions that made no sense to anybody of that day. He was told to build a boat that floats. That makes no sense because there were at that point no lakes. There was just a mist over the earth, or so they say. But that he was to prepare for rain, which had never existed. But Noah, by faith, obeyed God, and the rest is history. And he is in heaven. Each person that has been given an instruction by God has a choice. Noah chose to obey. The next is in Genesis chapter 12 through chapter 24, and it is Abraham. Abraham was 
loving his God and minding his own business. And God told him to get up, pack and head to a place that he didn't have a clue actually existed. But by faith, Abraham chose to obey God. The result and the consequences are unbelievable when you look at the Bible for his responsible for the family of faith as well as many who are not. And you will be able to say hello to him also in heaven. The next was his nephew, Lot. You can find the story in Genesis 13 through 19. Lot tagged along with Abraham, but not, did not have his desire or faith in God. And when the opportunity came to stand with God or sell out, Lot chose to disobey. And the result, as he chose the world and chose the things of this world, his lot literally became shame and disgrace. But I believe you will see him in heaven. But what a sad testimony for Lot. The next is Genesis 25. And it's Jacob, who was a cagey fellow, but did love the Lord. He obeyed God in the things that were really important. He had a desire for the things of God. He could see that the things of God were far better than the things of the surrounding nations. And Jacob was given a blessing that no other man had ever been given. He was given a change in name. Now, others were given a change in name, but he was given a change in name that would result for all time to be the name of a country that we're all very familiar with, Israel. And you will be able to see him in heaven also. In Genesis 25, there's also his brother Esau, who chose to disobey God, who valued not the things of God or anything else other than his own appetites, his own selfish appetites. He sold his birthright for some stew. Uncomprehensible that someone could even possibly do such a thing, but he did. And later he lost the blessing and he became a very lost individual in in that present world and you will not see Esau in heaven. Start to see the pattern. Start to see the blessing when you choose to obey God. Start to see the pattern and the result of when there's disobedience to God. At the very least, there's a, there's a tragic testimony and legacy, though one might get to heaven. And at the very least, they will end up because of their choice in hell. In Exodus chapter 3, we see Moses. Moses chose to obey God. Moses feared God. Moses wasn't perfect. No man or woman of God is perfect. This isn't about being perfect. This is about loving God and desiring the things of God and desiring to obey God. 
Moses obeyed God. He led his nation out of Egypt in a miraculous way. And as a result, also was the author of the first five books of the Bible. A pretty nice legacy to leave behind. On the other hand, in Exodus chapter 5 through 15, there is the figure of Pharaoh, a rather worldly character, a man who easily mocked Moses' God, cared not for the things of God, and was interested in his own lusts and the appetite thereof, and rebelled terribly against God. And the result was he brought ten plagues down upon his nation, He lost his firstborn son, the love of his life, along with all the other people in Egypt who lost their firstborn sons. And eventually his army was drowned. And you will not see Pharaoh in heaven. The next is Joshua, favorite to many of you, found in the book of Joshua, all 24 chapters. And Joshua loved the Lord. Joshua obeyed God at every turn. Joshua was in love with Moses and to serve Moses and was happy to do nothing but carry his luggage. How many of us can take such a position in a day of achievers and striving and and building goals and, and, and personal wealth? How many of us could just be so happy to to carry the luggage for a godly man? His legacy is is unbelievable in all that he did, including lead Israel into the promised land and conquered the nation of Canaan. And yes, you can have good times as soon as you get to heaven in a billion and trillion and quadrillion years from now, you can still go knock on Joshua's door. In Joshua chapter 2, there's also another marvelous person And she wasn't much to look at. She wasn't much to think about. And had she been in the nation of Israel at that time, well, she would have been stoned. Because Rahab was just a harlot. Certainly nothing to think about. But God saw one thing in Rahab that nobody else saw. Potential. Rahab had potential. God saw not what Rahab was. God saw what Rahab could be. And so he directed through Joshua to send the spies to her house, which was a house of ill repute. And you know something? When given the message, Rahab believed. By faith, she acted And put her own life and the life of her family in jeopardy and protected the spies, helped them to escape. And it was amazing when the walls of Jericho came down, here were the consequences and the result of Rahab's obedience. There was nothing left standing, nothing on that wall except one little house. And that was Rahab's house. Nobody could explain that. How could one little house that's part of the wall that encircled the whole 
kingdom of Jericho still be standing? It was standing because of the result and it was the consequences of obedience. And you can say hello to her also in heaven. In the book of Judges, we have the marvelous story in, in chapters 6 through 8 of Gideon, who was pretty much hiding out. You know, he was dodging responsibility. He didn't want to have anything to do with anything. But he was a good man. He was a righteous man. But he had no backbone. But once again, God could see the potential. And so, when God requested something of him, Gideon obeyed. Start to see the pattern. It's falling into place. He obeyed. He and 300 men wiped out 120,000 warriors of other nations. And oh yes, he became a great warrior that had courage unparalleled. That's what God can do. That's what God can do in our lives also. And he is in heaven. In Judges chapter 13 through 16, we see another judge, which is Samson. It's a little sadder story. Samson, unfortunately, was pretty interested in himself and his appetites. And when we don't cling to Jesus, and when we don't seek his will, and when we don't accept his choices, we will be in the same kind of trouble that Samson got in. Because Samson didn't want some woman from the Israelites. He wanted something far more glamorous, and that woman cost him, and his choice cost him his testimony and blindness and shame. But you will see Samson in heaven. But it was a bad choice. And then when we come to my favorite person in the Bible in the Old Testament, we all have our favorites, but this one is my favorite. I just can't wait to see this woman and just thank her a million times for her encouragement, her inspiration, and her faith. And that is found in the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. And yes, I'm going to read it. Those who have been around here long realize I read it a lot. But I just love it. The time came when Naomi had to go back to Israel. And she had two daughters-in-laws that were of that country and her sons had died and there was no good reason for them to be with her and leave on this perilous journey that she may or may not even arrive. And so she told them both, go back. So again, we see it's about choices. And believe me, it was God's will for them to go with Naomi because they were lost in their own civilization. And so Ruth obeyed God. Ruth chose to obey God. And this is what she has to say that just thrills my soul, blesses me beyond anything every time I get to read it. She said to Naomi, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, 
I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And thus may the Lord do to me. And worse, if anything but death parts you and me. I'm telling you, anybody would give anything to have someone with commitment like that. Whether it's in the military, whether it's in, in, in business, whether it's in, in a neighborhood, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a student. That is something to aspire to. Is the, is the character of Ruth. And she is in heaven. Sadly, her sister-in-law, Orpha, chose to disobey God. Her choice was to choose her own people and her own gods. And the result is you will not see Orpha in heaven. Then in, in the book of Samuel, we see three people. We see Saul, who was king. We see Jonathan, who was his son. And we see David, who would become king. They all had choices to make. Saul disobeyed God. Saul chose for himself. Not He never followed God's commands. He disobeyed God. The result was his life was miserable. His life was tortured. And consequences fell upon the nation of Israel because of him. And you will not see Saul in heaven. His son, however, chose to obey God, Jonathan, and he defied his father and he protected David and he delivered David from the hand of his father and you will see Jonathan in heaven. And last is David and as a young shepherd boy had a zeal and a respect for God that was paralleled to no one in the nation of Israel. No one had the love of the God of Israel like David. No one had a, uh, had a, a love for God. No one had a desire to please God like David. And when he saw that character, as big and bad as he was, on the other side of that valley, mocking his God, mocking the army, mocking the people of Israel, he said, unacceptable. Who is this pig? Who is this scoundrel that he can sit there and mock our God? While the whole army of Israel was trembling, he took his stone and he took his sling and he took him out. And then he took his big sword and he cut off his big head. Okay, and the rest is history. David was quite a guy. And you know the world says about David, the world says, oh, but you know, he killed he committed adultery. How can you say he, how, how can God call him a man after his own heart? Here's how. Okay? The people of God sin. The people of God do things wrong. And yes, he had some choices that weren't good there. They were very bad. They were very evil. But here's how he had the heart of God. When confronted by Nathan about his sin, he didn't say, put him to death, I'm the king. Who is he? He said simply, God, forgive me, a sinner. I'm the man. Forgive me. Have mercy on me, my God. 
When confronted with his sin, he had the spirit, the total spirit of repentance. David was quite a man. Then you have, in the book of Daniel, you have three good guys. I love these guys. Their names given by Nebuchadnezzar were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had, they had Jewish names also, but they all obeyed God. And this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, this proud, arrogant guy, built this big statue and said, everybody bow down and worship it. And they said, no way. We don't worship foreign gods. He got his little furnace where he put people he didn't like. And he tossed them in. And the poor guys that were there that tossed them in were consumed by the fire. And they were not. That's the result of obedience. They were preserved and they came out untouched. And they are in heaven. As is Daniel, when he refused the edict not to pray to his God, he did. He was thrown in the lion's den and the rest is history. He was not breakfast, he was not lunch, and the bad guys turned out to be the lunch. And once again, the king of those wicked countries had nothing to do but testify about the greatness of our God. Moving quickly to the New Testament. Well, the the Gospels are the Gospels. And there were 12 men. And 11 of them just chose to obey and follow Jesus. One had his own agenda. And that was Judas. And Judas chose the world, he chose to disobey God, and he chose to sell out his Savior for 30 pieces of silver. And the results are he ended up hanging himself, and you will not see Judas in heaven. People like Jarius and Bartimaeus, they, by faith, asked something of Jesus, and he gave it to them. Jairus, he healed his daughter. Jesus healed his daughter. Bartimaeus regained his sight. And you can talk to them both in heaven. Then there are those who were wicked and evil, as in Caiaphas, who was the head of the Jewish religion, and Pilate, that was the head of the Roman Empire. And they both chose, they personally chose to condemn Jesus Christ And to sentence him to death and are responsible for him going to the cross. Now, it's true God used that to the good, but you will see neither in heaven. Thus, the consequences of their choices. Then we come to another fellow by the name of Saul, who was a pretty bad guy in the name of Christians and who was pretty ruthless and fairly murderous in what he was doing. But one day, Saul met the Savior on the road to Damascus and he just instantaneously understood in the flash of the situation, in the flash of the moment, in the blinding of the light, knew who he was talking to as he called him Lord and believed And chose 
to stop what he was doing except Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. And oh my goodness, the consequences are endless. Book after book after book. Country after country after country. Can you imagine if he refused to obey God? How things could have changed. But he did. And I plan to spend a lot of time with him in heaven. I like Saul, now called Paul. Sadly, there is in the book of Timothy, the second book, a fellow who, for a while there, stuck with Paul and walked along with him. But then it just came, became a little too difficult because in Demas, you know, he had it in his head. He could spout verse of scripture. He could preach. He could do anything. He could talk a good talk. But when it really came time and it really got difficult, he didn't have time for this. He chose the world. When Paul really needed Demas, he sold him out for this present world. Sad choice. And it's open to speculation whether you'll see Demas in heaven. I somehow don't think so. But I can't say for sure. He chose. He walked with a man of God. We come to church. We understand the scriptures. We understand the way of salvation. And yet Jesus tells us in the parable of the sower that there's the first guy who, or a woman who doesn't have anything to do with it. I don't even wait. Keep your Jesus. But there's two more. There's two more that kind of went along with it. One a little longer than the other. But to no avail. And sooner or later, they gave up on it. I tried it. It wasn't for me. And only the last one that had good soil did the Spirit of God root and grow and bear fruit. And sadly, in churches today, there are those who are saved, who are born again, who are going to heaven. And there are those that are just going along for the ride. And when the time comes and they pass out of this life, sadly they'll realize they were not sincere with Jesus Christ. But the worst case of disobedience ever recorded in the Bible, in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 11 through 19, the very worst case of disobedience was the first case of disobedience that ever happened. And that was an angel by the name of Lucifer, who was a marvelous creature, who was gifted beyond all others, whose beauty was unparalleled, but disobeyed God because he wanted to be God. And he was cast out of heaven, and his name is now Satan, the prince of the power of air, who is wreaking havoc and stopping men and women from coming to know Jesus Christ, who is the author 
and the perfecter of every religion that is not the Christian religion, every cult, every false religion, he is the author of, he is the creator of. Oh, yes, and he is the creator of unbelief. He is the creator of agnostics. He is the creator of atheists. It's a very clever thing. Oh, there is no God. And he sits there and he laughs at every person of mankind that chooses to take one of his packages. And the consequences for him is hell. Hell, make no mistake, was designed, was created for the devil and his demons, those fallen angels. Do you know he was so powerful in heaven that when he was cast out, a third of the angels, these created beings, went with him in disobedience. And they are the ones that heaven, I mean hell, was created for. It was never meant for one soul God created on the face of the earth. People chose that way. People chose to enter and end up in hell. And the greatest example of obedience in the Bible, bar none, nothing even close, is our Savior and going to Calvary for you and for me. Unbelievable. God incarnate in human form went for you and for me to give us eternal life, to redeem us, to take us out of the clutches of hell and the chains and the bonds of sin. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I want to read you something. I want you to think about this. I want you to meditate on this as you're praying. Jesus is standing in Pilate's hall, friendless, forsaken, betrayed by all. Hearken, what meaneth the sudden call? What will you do with Jesus? Jesus is standing on trial still. You can be false to him if you will. You can be faithful through good or ill. What will you do with Jesus? Will you evade him as Pilate tried? Or will you choose him, whatever betide? Vainly you struggle from him to hide? What will you do with Jesus? Will you, like Peter, your Lord deny? Or will you scorn from his foes to fly? Daring for Jesus to live or to die? What will you do with Jesus? Jesus, I give thee my heart today. Jesus, I follow thee all the way. Gladly obeying thee, will you say, this will I do with Jesus. What will you do with Jesus? Neutral you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for today. We just ask now that you would continue to speak with us. 
We pray if there's anyone here this morning that does not yet know you as their Lord and Savior, we pray that they would understand how much you love them, how much you want to give them eternal life, how much you want to relieve them from their sins and and the discouragements of this life. And let them not leave here until they talk to someone about you, discover you, and accept you as their Lord and Savior. For those who know you, we pray this morning that we would make the right choices in life, that we would choose to obey you in each and everything in our life. And this is our prayer this morning. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, amen.